0: Hey guys, I'm Sam, and I'm Maya, and you're listening to Murder Senses. Okay, so today we're talking about the case of. Bonnie and Clyde and also the Barrow gang because they're quite a huge part about this whole case. So I don't know. I know a lot of people know at least a little bit about Bonnie and Clyde. Like, I know their names. I yeah. know the basics. That's it. The basics. That's literally it. I only learned that they died uh, from Bob's Burgers. Oh, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> like, like that they got shot. Like That's all, like, I, I did not know a single I knew some of it. I knew it was like a forbidden love story. That's all I know. Yeah, they well, they weren't that young, but they were pretty young. But um, I knew some of it, but I didn't know all of it. After I researched, I learned a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm in for the ride. Oh God! This is a Western story. (laughs) Taking it to the Wild West of Texas, but (laughs) the Wild West. It reminds me of the Wild West, though. The Wild Wild... I'm not even. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the Wild Wild West. <laughs> yee <Yeehaw. laughs> Okay, so first I have to introduce the people. And so I'll start with Bonnie. Uh, so Bonnie Elizabeth Parker, which was her full name was born on October 1st in 1910 in Rowena, Texas, and she was the second of three children. So she had an older brother, <sighs> Hubert Nicholas Buster Parker. That's his full name. He had a long name. Uh, he Beautiful. was full. Yeah, I know. They have such unique names back then. I <laughs> wish my name was Hubert Nicholas Buster Parker. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he was born on December 20th, 1908, and she had a younger sister named Billie Jean Parker. Who I, is- okay, I love the name Billie Jean. I know. Billie Jean is... <laughs> Michael Jackson. Uh, born on 1912, so they were born two years apart each, about. Her birthday was unknown, only the year that she was born. Uh, so her two parents were Charles Parker, born in 1884, and her mother... His name was Emma Krause. Bef- uh, her maiden name was Emma Krause before she turned into Emma Parker. Uh, she was born in 1887, so they were born pretty late on into the 1800s. She did also have an older brother, but he passed away in 1905. His name was Coley, and he died of infant death syndrome the same year he was born, and his burial place is sadly unknown. What? Okay. <laughs> what is that? Infant death syndrome? Syndrome. I searched up so much, but I did not search that up. <laughs> I believe that it's like Crip death. I don't. I want to. I don't want to say it's like Crip death, but I believe that it's. That's fine. We don't know. I don't. I don't really want to know. I don't care. I don't like kids. I care. I'm sorry. Just you don't want kids. <laughs> not pertinent to me. No. Her father was a bricklayer who died when Bonnie was only four years old in a construction accident in 1914. So Emma and the three children ended up living on Fishtrap Road in Cement City, which was west of downtown Dallas with Emma's mother. Mary Krause after the incident. Emma's father, which, yeah, which would be Bonnie's grandfather, Frank Krause had passed in 1919 due to stomach cancer. Emma's occupation was listed as a helper at a printing company, but would later go on to work as a seamstress. Aww. So that's about her family. Bonnie, in Bonnie's second year of high school, she had met a man named Roy Thornton. (laughs) He was born in 1908, so the same year as her older brother. This is an old this is this is real old this might be one of the oldest cases so i've done so far uh so the couple dropped out of school and married on september 5th 1925 only six days before her 16th birthday huh. and he would have been she was 15 18. years old She was 15 and he would have been around 18 years old. Wow. The exact same age as her brother. But the marriage didn't last long due to the fact that Roy had brushes with the law and frequent absences in their relationship. Uh They did never end up divorcing, but they never saw each other again after January of (laughs) 2029. (laughs) Bonnie was still wearing the wedding ring Roy Aww. had given her when she had passed away. Oh, okay, that's not that's not as funny. But it's <laughs> <laughs> <I> just <laughs> Roy was sentenced to 5 years in prison for robbery in 1933 and after attempting several prison breakouts in other facilities he was killed trying to escape from Hun- Huntsville Huntsville State fr- <laughs> Huntsville State Prison in Texas on it's October late. 3rd, 1937. It's <laughs> <late>. <laughs> it, 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 it is. We're hyper. It's bedtime. We'll, we'll probably calm down as it goes. <laughs> yeah. After Bonnie left Thornton, she moved back in with her mother and worked as a waitress in Dallas. One of her regulars was Ted Hilton. He would eventually become a Dallas Sheri- <laughs> I hate these. A Dallas County Sheriff's Department officer and eventually became a member of a posse who ended up killing Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Those words Calculate stomp your tongue. me. So now we're going to be moving on to Clyde. That Well, that was Bonnie's backstory. So this would be Clyde's more early life and his backstory. Mm-hmm. Clyde was born on March 24th in 1909 To a poor family uh, in Ellis County, Texas He was the fifth of seven children His parents were Henry Basil Barrow Okay <laughs> Born in, ni- in 1874 And Cumi Thalia Walker Okay Born in 1874 So they were both born in the same year Okay His siblings Cumie. I'm oh, sorry uh, No, Cumie. yeah Like, Cumin? I don't know, like the spice. I I I think so. <laughs> I think so. So he had seven siblings. So bear with me. His older brother, his oldest brother, was Alvin Wilson Barrow. He was born in nineteen. He was born in <laughs> eighteen ninety four. He had an older sister as well, and her name was Artie Adele Barrow was Born in 1899. Uh, had another older brother, Marvin Ivan Buck Barrow, in 1903. Had another older sister named Nellie Mae Barrow, born in 1905. And then now we're getting to the younger siblings. His youngest brother was L.C. Barrow. It didn't say the full name. 1913 was when he was born, and his youngest sibling was his sister, Lillian Marie Barrow. And Wait. she was born in 1918. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> it is. That's a lot of kids. But Elvin's the oldest, right? Yes, he is. Clyde's kind of okay. in the middle. He was the third of seven. Or he was the fifth of seven. So he was okay. three to the last Imagine one. having seven kids. I would not. That would be... <laughs> Imagine having one. <laughs> Oh, no, I cannot. <laughs> so the family moved to Dallas in the early 1920s as a part of a wider migration pattern from rural areas to cities where many settled in the urban slums of West Dallas. And I was like, what's a slum? So <laughs> I searched it up. And I thought, I think that too. What is a slum? That's why I searched it up this time. I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Okay, Uh, slum means a highly populated urban residential area consisting of a densely packed housing units of weak build quality and often associated with poverty. So it's got a lot of houses that are... So does it always have to be weakly built? (laughs) I don't know, I feel like the building materials were just like not good quality yeah probably not but so it's just like a really shitty place to live that sucks well that's why they call it the slum yeah i wouldn't it's not a very appealing word no the family spent their first months in dallas living under their wagon like sleeping underneath it until they got enough money to buy a tent which is very sad yeah imagine living underneath a wagon and like wagons were quite tall back then but like just tall enough to sleep under yeah that Uh, sucks no it does clyde was an ambitious child who had dreams of becoming a musician and attending school under the age of 16 uh he had learned how to play the saxophone and the guitar but he later dropped it due to the influence of his older brother buck so his brother was like you can't play that you basically you're a loser for playing that and was like that's sad yeah so this is where clyde kind of gets into criminal activity. (laughs) Clyde's first arrest was in late 1926 at the age of 17 after running from the police after they confronted him over a rental car that he had failed to return on time. Both Clyde and Buck had steady jobs enough to support themselves from 1927 to 1929, but they turned to crime anyways. (laughs) He would crack safes, rob stores, and steal, steal cars with his brother. So they they really don't need to be doing this. Not like anyone needs to be doing this. No, but he wasn't. He wanted to. They were stable enough. Yeah, but it was just for fun. Okay. And I found this next part really, really odd. Okay. His second Party. arrest was with his brother Buck. Really soon after his first arrest for possession of stolen turkeys. <laughs> oh. They stole turkeys. Hey, I'm gonna arrest you. Why? Because you stole some turkeys. I mean, like back then, I feel like that was probably a common thing though. Someone would just go into someone else's farm and be like, grabbing like the turkeys. <laughs> the Hungry I think, I and mean, then get in trouble for stealing bread. Yeah, or like eating. Or is that in the book? Oh, I can't remember. It's I been don't so know. Long. I read the, I don't know. I watched it and then I read the first book. Is there more than one? There is more than one Yeah, because I think there's like four movies. Yeah. I've watched all four movies, but. Yeah. Here we're getting into. Clyde and Bonnie meeting. Uh, Clyde had met Bonnie Parker in 1930. He quickly fell in love with her as they shared the same sentiments, which was a mutual view on thoughts and beliefs. From then on, they spent most of their days together until the romance was interrupted by Sergeant Bert Winsan, and Clyde was convicted of auto theft. Great. Several accounts describe Bonnie and Clyde's meeting for the first time on January 5th, 1930, at the home of Clyde's friend, Clarence Clay, at 105... He, Herbert Street in West Dallas. Clyde was twenty at the time, and Bonnie was nineteen, so they weren't too young. They were Better they were both adults. and eighteen. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. I forgot. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Bonnie was out of work, and she was staying with a female friend to help her out while she was recovering from a broken arm, which I couldn't find anything on like how she broke her arm. Clyde had dropped by the girl's house while Bonnie was in the kitchen making hot chocolate. They fell in love immediately and most historians believe that Bonnie had joined Clyde because she had fallen in love with him. She Aww. would remain his loyal companion until their demise. Aww. It, it, it is romantic, but they so don't do great sad. things. See, their relationship, sure it's cute, but they don't do great things. They were not <laughs> good people. Yeah. But everything I've heard about them like romanticizes them, but like aren't they like I think the murderers- movies Oh, yes. <laughs> I think the movies really do, too. Yeah. I don't know much. I really don't know much about them. So, I feel like I didn't know that there was even, like, gang violence involved in this. Yeah. There's a, it's messy. I'm I'm excited. So, Clyde was then sent to East Ham Prison Farm. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a prison farm. Okay. In April of 1930 at the age of 21. He then quickly escaped from the prison farm with a weapon that bonnie smuggled into him he was then recaptured shortly after and sent back to prison which was the same prison he escaped from clyde was frequently sexually assaulted in the prison and eventually retaliated by attacking and killing his tormentor with a pipe crushing oh trigger warning we're getting we're gonna start talking about violence (laughs) i should say that (laughs) so he crushed his skull and This was the first murder of Clyde, but an inmate who was already serving a life sentence took the blame for him. Okay. Which I think is like, I guess, nice of him. He murdered someone. Yeah, it's it's nice of the other person, like also at the same. It's not nice of the other person because you're supporting a murder. Well, actually, yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, you can just go out and kill more people. Yeah, which he did. Yeah, and, like, I feel like that's the first one thing I would assume with anyone, because if you're in there for murder, you murdered someone, you could probably do it again. Oh, yeah. Most people don't reform. Yeah. Especially if they know, like... The details? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Clyde was tired of all the physical labor he was made to do, and he conspired with another inmate to chop off two of his toes to escape having to do labor. But, sadly, unknowing to Clyde, his mother was pushing for his parole on February 2nd, 1932, and he left the prison on parole... As a free man. Did this he was cut his toes off? Mm-hmm. Oh, God! This was six days after his injuries that he got wow. free out of prison. He cut his toes off for nothing. Because of his injuries, he would walk with a limp bitch, for the rest it? of his life. Isn't karma mm-hmm. a bitch? It, it works in mysterious ways. <laughs> his sister Lillian Marie said, quote something awful must have happened to him in prison because he just wasn't the same person once he got out he murdered someone he did but he was also sexually assaulted so something happened to his brain and was like we're gonna switch bashed someone's skull in i i know that's not like like that's not gonna do something to you that's gonna mess you up that would mess me up i mean i wouldn't do it no, but his, it was his first murder. It would really mess him up. A fellow inmate said he would. Wa- he had watched Clyde change from a schoolboy to a rattlesnake. Which, I don't know what that means, but that's what he said. So, I'll leave I that there. Like crap. <laughs> I feel like it's probably because, like, a schoolboy, you know, behaves. Yeah. And, I don't know. Sorry, that was the dog. And, like, I guess follows rules, which is <laughs> same yeah. thing as behaves. Um And then a rattlesnake attacks yeah Yeah. it's unpredictable Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so Clyde would rob banks left and right according to john neil phillips which i think he was a historian or someone who made like an article or documentary he was someone he was someone someone that (laughs) said that (laughs) i did you hear that on okay If you heard that in the background, that was my dog ripping a huge fart. (laughs) (laughs) It was airy. It it was. It's going to smell in here now. It does smell in here now. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So... Clyde's life goal was not to gain fame or fortune from robbing banks, but to seek revenge against the Texas prison system for the abuses he had sustained while serving time. Okay. He was angry. So now we're getting into early robberies and murders. This was before the gang was formed. So after Clyde was released from prison in 1932, him and Ralph Fultz, which was someone he knew, I guess. (laughs) A person? Yeah. Yeah another person began a series of robberies usually consisting of stores and gas stations their goal was to collect enough money and firepower to launch a raid against the east ham prison okay which i don't know how money would would help you in that i guess maybe buying more guns but yeah before returning to crime clyde wanted to start a fresh new life and got a job working at a glass company but he soon gave up due to constant harassment from authorities he would then return to his old life with his lover bonnie and formed the Barrow Gang. So, was he just like being constantly, like, I know you just said he was being constantly harassed by police, but like, were they just like going after him for nothing? I don't know. I feel like they were going after him because they knew he was a criminal. Okay, well, that sucks. You know, like, he doesn't, okay, well, that sucks. Like, you know, he doesn't deserve that, but if he was like, he doesn't deserve that. No, if he wasn't doing anything wrong, but he was kind of doing stuff. But at the time, he was being harassed, you know? At the time, if he was being good, then he didn't deserve that. And like, he already served his punishment too he did so why keep reprimanding him for something he's already yeah no served exactly his time for right so on april 19th bonnie and ralph were captured in a failed hardware store burglary in kaufman texas in which they intended intended to steal firearms bonnie was released from jail after a few months when the grand jury failed to indict her ralph was tried and convicted and he served time he would never rejoin the gang so this was kind of like ralph was kind of like the first guy to ever be a part of that that gang okay but he just never joined back bonnie wrote poetry while in kaufman county jail to pass the time and would reunite with clyde after a few weeks after her release on april 30th clyde was a getaway driver in a robbery in Hillsboro, texas during which the store owner jn butcher was shot and killed butcher's Number wife no, mm-hmm, this is the <clears> second <throat> one he married a lot of people i don't even think i, I could you don't you don't even count <laughs> Oh, no, actually, I made a list of all the victims at the end. Oh. Yeah. So Butcher's wife had identified Clyde as one of the shooters during the robbery, although Clyde had stayed inside of the car the whole time. So Hmm. I don't know how she did that. On August 5th, 1932, Clyde, Raymond Hamilton, and Toss Dyer were drinking moonshine. I feel like (sighs) Toss Dyer is like something that should be wrong. It doesn't sound like a proper name. You're trying to say like, I don't know. Like, you're trying to say, like, uh, give me two words. I don't know. You're trying to say, uh, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> I don't know. Wax melter, But instead you say Max Walter. I feel like that's, like, what you... <laughs> right? Like, it could be <laughs> Doss Tire. Doss Tire. Nope. Yeah. Or Toss Tire. <laughs> I... I. <laughs> it's a very weird name. I just, it just feels like it sounds wrong. It does. So... They were drinking moonshine at a country dance in Stringtown, Oklahoma, when Sheriff C.G. Maxwell and Deputy Eugene C. Moore approached them in the parking lot. Clyde and Raymond opened fire, killing Moore and gravely wounding Maxwell. Moore was the first officer who Clyde and his gang killed. They would eventually go on to murder nine in total. Nine officers. They killed a lot more people than that. (laughs) on october 11th 1932 they allegedly killed howard hall at his store during a robbery in sherman texas though it is thought that some historians consider this unlikely because on the 80th anniversary of the robbery a historian austin college professor dr light cummins no longer believed clyde was the robber digital research and the availability on the internet and the availability Consult jail records, arrest records, and other search documents made it possible for historians to conclusively prove that Clyde Barrow was not at Sherman at the time of the robbery. That's why it's kind of like, they don't know. <laughs> Winky wonky. hmm W.D. Jones was a friend of Clyde's family since childhood. W.D. Jones was a child. <laughs> W.D. Jones was a friend of Clyde's family since childhood. He joined Bonnie and Clyde on Christmas Eve 1932 at the age of only 16 and the three left Dallas that night. The next day, which was Christmas Day of that year, Jones and Clyde murdered Doyle. (laughs) Johnson. I laughed at that. <laughs> Doyle Johnson, a, a young family man, while stealing his car in Temple, Texas. Clyde then killed Tarrant County Deputy Malcolm Davis on January 6th in 1933 when he, Bonnie, and Jones wandered into the into a police trap set for another criminal. <laughs> the gang had murdered five people, people since April. So at this point it's five. Yeah. So now we're getting into Buck, which was his brother, and mm-hmm. Blanche, which was Buck's wife, and they, they kind of start joining the gang and this is kind of when other people start joining the gang mm-hmm. it gets more popular yes so i don't know why i'm thinking of like this just reminded me a lot of what's that so this whole scenario reminds me a lot of the outsiders i've, I've heard of them but i don't know what they made us read it and i think grade nine um oh that's why i heard of it yeah it's I really don't remember anything of what it's about other than I just remember the greasers. I barely went to grade nine, so it was probably, I don't (laughs) think I read it. Right. on march 22nd 1933 clyde's brother buck was granted full pardon and released from prison because he was still arrested from their earlier on crimes and he and his wife blanche set up housekeeping with bonnie clyde and jones in a temporary hideout at 3347 and a half oak ridge drive what in joplin missouri mm-hmm. and a half and a half And a that's those are street like addresses that's a, that's house the number full. yeah that's full address. three three four seven and a half, half. Yep, <laughs> and a half. choplin Missouri so according to the family Buck and Blanche were there to visit and try to convince Clyde to turn himself into law enforcement okay. the group Fair. yeah <laughs> the group rent loud alcohol-fueled card games late into the night in a quiet neighborhood Blanche recalls that they would buy a case of beer a day the men came and went noisily at all hours no neighbors went into the house but one reported sus- suspicions of violence to the Joplin the Police Department. I can't blame the neighbors for not going in and I can't blame the neighbors for reporting. <laughs> no, there was a lot of noises. Yeah. The police assembled a five-man force with two cars on April 13th in 1933 to confront what they suspected were bootleggers, which are people who sell smuggled alcohol, mm-hmm. living at the Oak Ridge Drive address. The Barrow brothers and Jones opened fire, killing Detective Harry L. McGinnis and fatally wounding Constable J.W. Harryman. Harryman. Harry yes. What? <laughs> Harry mm-hmm. J. W. Harryman. Mm-hmm. J.W. Harriman. Harriman? Harriman, maybe. Okay, okay. Harry opened fire with a bar, which was a Browning automatic rifle, as the others fled, forcing highway patrol sergeant G.B. <laughs> Caller to duck behind a large oak tree. The .30 caliber bullets from the bar struck the tree and forced wood splinters into the sergeant's face. Bonnie got into the car with the others and they pulled in... They pulled in Lance from the street where, they, where she was getting her dog, Snowball. <sighs> Aww, snowball. It's so cute. I think she was like trying to get the dog to come in the car yeah. so they could escape. She, well, she didn't want to leave the dog behind. Well, no, she loved her dog. I don't blame. You. She's a good person. I, she was never too bad. She's a good person for getting her dog. Yeah. I don't. I don't know about anything <laughs> else. So the surviving officers later testified that they had only fired fourteen rounds in the whole conflict. One hit Jones on his side. One struck Clyde, but was deflected by his suit coat button, and one grazed Buck after ricocheting off a wall. Sorry, wait. You guys want to hear something nice? The group escaped the police at Joplin, left most of their possessions behind at the apartment. Did, did you almost say beheaded? Behestions, I'm <laughs> See, that's what I mean with the, the <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah, so they left most of their possessions at the apartment, including Buck's parole papers, they were only three weeks old, a large arsenal of weapons. A handwritten poem by Bonnie and a camera with several undeveloped film. Police developed the film at the Joplin Globe, a da- that was a daily newspaper, and found many photos of Clyde, Bonnie, and Jones posing and pointing weapons at one another. Beautiful. Yeah. Not really. I'm not being serious. It's <laughs> not beautiful. Don't do that. No. That's unsafe. And not attractive in any <laughs> No, way. no. The Globe sent the poem and the photos over to the Newswire, which was a news agency, uh, including a picture of Bonnie holding a cigar between her teeth and a pistol in her hand. The Barrow Gang became front news page throughout America. i twisting. That was. You're saying the Barrow Gang so much. That's I'm, not sure. I sure It's being hard to say. <laughs> I also read it so much. Yeah, probably looked wrong. Oh, some words do. The group ranged from Texas as far north... <laughs> The group ranged from Texas as far north as Minnesota for the next three months. Texas to Minnesota is an 18-hour drive. I searched that one up mm. just to make sure. <laughs> and it spans across the north to the very south of America. So it's from the bottom to the top. The length <laughs> or height of I'm all so of America. I'm so sorry to everyone. I'm about to offend. I do not know the map of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't either until I searched it up. I don't know it at all. So in May nineteen thirty four they tried to rob a bank in Lucerne, Indiana and successfully robbed a bank in Okabina, Minnesota. They kidnapped Dillard Darby oh no. and Sophia Stone at Roston, Louisiana. And stole Darby's car. This was one of the several events between 1932 and 1934 where they kidnapped police officers and robbery victims. Oh no, that's not good. But they would usually release their victims far from home, sometimes with money to help them get back, which I found was really weird. Like, why kidnap them in the first place if you're just gonna let them go and give them the money? The face I'm making. <laughs> I'm... What? Excuse me? Yeah, it was really weird. (laughs) Stories of these encounters made headlines, as did the more violent episodes that were to come. The Barrow gang did not hesitate to shoot anyone who got in their way, whether it was a police officer or an innocent civilian. Other members of the gang who committed murders included Raymond, Jones, Buck, and Henry Methvin. Methvin? Methvin. All right. Like I said, they had some very special names back then. All right. (laughs) With their new notoriety, their daily lives became more difficult as they tried to evade discovery. Restaurants and motels became more knowledgeable on who they were, so they had to resort to campfire cooking and bathing in cold streams. So they were like wanted at this point. Ye- yeah. And now we're back for your regularly scheduled ASMR. From the cat. so <laughs> on it. the fact that all five of them were traveling around in one car created a lot of fights and bickering jones was the driver of the car that him and clyde stole from darby in late april and he used that car to leave the others he stayed away until june 8th it didn't say anything else about him leaving he just like took off and then like came huh. back Well, I mean, you're being very much looked for. Yeah, he, maybe. So you gotta go. Maybe he didn't want to be a part of. (laughs) Why did he come back? I really don't know. So Clyde failed to see a bridge under construction on June 10th while driving with jones and bonnie near wellington texas and the car flipped into a ravine Oof. sources can't decide whether there was a gas fire or if bonnie was doused with acid from the car's battery underneath the floorboard but she suffered third degree burns from her right leg oh wow on her right leg it was so severe that the muscles contracted and caused the leg to quote drop <clears throat> mm-hmm oh i don't like that no jones claimed quote she had been burned so bad none of us thought she was gonna live the hide on her right leg was gone which i think they called like hide skin yeah so, yeah whatever from her hip down to her ankle oh wow you could like see, her whole leg you could see bones at some places oh my god bonnie could hardly walk she either hopped on the ground on her good leg or was carried by clyde they got help from a nearby farm family then kidnapped collingsworth County Sheriff George Corey and City Marshal Paul Hardy, leaving the two of them handcuffed and barbed wired to a tree outside of Eric, Oklahoma. Which, barbed wired? That's painful. Yeah. And I'm assuming they probably tied them around their, either their like torso or their they hands were, to the trees. Well, yeah, if they were, if it was a thin tree, their arms could have been wrapped around it uh, behind their back if it was like one of those thin, tall trees. Or they could have been wrapped around it at their waist or even hugging it. Yeah, no. that would, It sounds it just sounds so painful. It really does. So the three, Jones, Clyde, and Bonnie, rendezvoused at Buck and Blanche's and hid in a tourist court. I don't know what that is. Uh, near Fort Smith, Arkansas. And they nursed Bonnie's burns. Buck and Jones committed a robbery and murder in and murdered town marshal henry d humphrey and elma arkansas all five of them fled despite bonnie's injuries wow so you can't even hold off i'm killing for like five minutes while your girlfriend heals from her burn to the bone i'm back okay i can't i can't sing that okay okay. I'll, I'll get in trouble <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <bye>. <laughs> so now we're getting into platy 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 city and dexfield platy park city Which are two areas. Okay. Yeah. In July of 1933, the gang checked into the Red Crown Tourist Court south of Platy City, Missouri. It consisted of two brick cabins joined by garages and the gang rented both. To the south stood the Red Crown Tavern, a popular restaurant among Missouri highway patrolmen. The gang seemed to go out of their way to draw attention. Blanche registered the group as three guests, but owner Neil Hauser could see five people getting out of the car. He noted that the driver backed into the garage, "Quote, gangster style for a quick getaway." All right, gangster style. I didn't know what is that. I don't like, have is that fast. Like, are maybe you like maybe like slowly backed up the car, like facing the front and just like back just how you normally back a car and do a parking lot. I honestly have no idea. That oh. was were his words. <laughs> goodness all right so blanche paid for the cabins in coins rather than bills Oof. and then right did the same later while buying five dinners and five beers when i worked <laughs> at like fast food or um a uh, retail store that i worked at i hated being paid in coins Mm -hmm. like that was that was it for me that was the end yeah because then you got to count it even if they count it you got to recount it yeah and god my brain cannot keep up with that (laughs) i'll lose count every like couple dollars if it's a big order (laughs) once i got like i think it was like twenty dollars and like quarters and nickels oh my god i think 10 cents too that's crazy make the money into make the change into cash how hard is it it really isn't so the next day hauser noticed that his guest had taped newspapers up on their windows of their cabin lunch again paid for five meals and coins mm. so i feel like all they had on them was coins well, see that would be it for me <laughs> he was the if owner i was that like waitress Oh yeah, that's true, eh? That would be it. Because he was the owner. He couldn't technically like quit. <laughs> Yeah, that's his whole business. Hauser told Captain William Baxter of the Highway Patrol, who was also a patron of his restaurant, about the group. Uh, Clyde and Jones went into town to purchase bandages, crackers, cheese, and atropine sulfate to treat Bonnie's leg, which atropine sulfate was a drug that was used to block nerve stimulation of the muscles and glands and to relax smooth muscles, which I don't know what smooth muscles mean. Okay. To relax your smooth muscles. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And was also used to increase heart rate reduce secretions and treat the infections of certain poisons okay cool interesting the druggist which was a pharmacist back then (laughs) i'm sorry the druggist yeah that's what they called pharmacists back then (laughs) hey i gotta go see the druggist to get my meds (laughs) 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 i'm just saying that now i'm gonna start calling i'm gonna start calling it the druggist the druggist yeah that sounds so silly gotta go see the plug. To go get my antidepressants <laughs> from the druggist. <laughs> he had contacted Sherit Holt Coffee, who had put the cabins under surveillance. was with you, isn't he? <laughs> Coffee had been alerted by Oklahoma, Texas and Arkansas law enforcement to watch for strangers <laughs> looking for those supplies. Literally, because they're just slowly passing through every fucking state. Oh, yeah. They had a whole, like, mechanism of, like, My traveling. Uh, the sheriff contacted Captain Baxter, who called for reinforcements from Kansas City, including an armored car. So Sheriff Coffee led a group of armed officers towards the cabin at 11 a.m. They were armed with Thompson, machine guns, also known as, known as Tommy guns, in the gun fights which ensued, the .45 caliber Thompsons proved no match for Clyde's .38 caliber Bar. <laughs> What's a Bar, Maya? God, I don't remember what it was called. I know you spent so long trying to figure it out. It's a bar. It's, it's a submachine. It's it's a machine gun, isn't it? A, or like uh, an automatic rifle? No, it's a. Isn't it a Bar or, an, or a? It's an AR. It's an AR. Yeah, an it's an some type of AR. It's an automatic rifle. Uh, which was actually stolen on July 7th from the National Guard Armory in Enid, Oklahoma. So they stole that gun. The gang escaped when a bullet short-circuited the horn of an armored car and the police officers mistook it for a ceasefire signal. Hmm. They did not pursue the retreating vehicle that Clyde was driving away. Oh my god! They, they were literally like, stop firing! Because a bullet sounded like it, yeah, and- And they did, and they were just like, okay, you can leave, because they probably thought someone had detained all of them, or at least. The gang evaded the law once again, but Buck had been wounded by a bullet that exposed a large hole in his forehead and exposed his injured brain, which- Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's not in good condition at this point. And Blanche was nearly blinded in both eyes by why glass fragments. also reminding me of... Oh my god, why can't I remember anything I'm being like reminded of? <laughs> What's that movie? Fuck! The one I showed you the trailer of. And like one part, two. That doesn't help. <laughs> no, I don't remember anything. Ha, ah, it, um, um... One sec. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs yeah that one she showed me clips of it and like i never watched the movie but i knew it had something to do with the word dog (laughs) i knew it's fine i knew the title had something to do with the word dog but it's reservoir dogs and the all these injuries and like robberies and stuff if anyone's watched that movie go watch it it's really good um but that's what this is reminding me of. <laughs> a little bit. Like it's like a gang movie. Yeah. So. A lot of, I don't know. <laughs> So the Barrow gang camped at an abandoned amusement park called Dexter Field Park near Dexter, Iowa on July 24th. Buck would sometimes be semi-conscious and he would even talk and eat, but his injuries were so severe that Barrow and Jones dug him a grape. Yeah. Local residents noticed their bandages and officers determined that it was the Barrow gang who was walking around the town. Local police officers and about a hundred spectators surrounded the group and the Barrow gang soon came under fire. Clyde. Bonnie and Jones escaped on foot. Buck was shot in the back, and he uh, and his wife were captured by officers. Buck died of his head wound yeah, I and figured that was well, that would be the end. He yeah. wouldn't be able to take another injury. No. So he had died of his head wounds and pneumonia after surgery five days later at King's Daughter's Hotel in Poetry, Iowa. Hospital? King's Daughter Hospital in Poetry, <laughs> Iowa. Hotel? hotel. <laughs> Did I say hotel? She yes, said hotel! <laughs> it's late it's late i repeat it's late (laughs) fine we're coming to an end because this is gonna have to be a two-parter yeah we're gonna have to give you the next one (laughs) next week yeah so for the next six weeks the remaining perpetrators range far afield from their usual area of operations west to colorado north to minnesota southeast to Mississippi. okay i am mississippi i'm not following you anymore (laughs) No, I was very confused when I read that. I was (laughs) like, what? (laughs) Okay. Southeast to Mississippi, and yet they continued to commit armed robberies because they just couldn't stop, apparently. (laughs) Great. They restocked their arsenal when Clyde and Jones robbed an armory in Platteville, Illinois, on August 20th, acquiring three bars, which were still the same (laughs) weapons, (laughs) handguns, and a large quantity of ammo. By early September, the gang risks... risked a run to Dallas to see their families for the first time in four months. This was only four months? This only happened within the span of like a year and a half, all of this. Holy shit. Mm, Yeah, it was a very short time. They were very chaotic. (laughs) Jones parted with the gang and continued to Houston. Houston Houston continued to Houston where his mother was staying. He was there arrested in Houston without incident on November 16th and returned to Dallas. Through the autumn, Clyde committed several robberies with a small-time with small-time local accomplices while his family and Bonnie attended to her medical needs. On November 22nd, they barely evaded arrest while trying to meet with family members in Sours, Texas. Dallas Sheriff Smoot Schmidt <laughs> Schmoot no Smoot Schmid Schmin. she she had me we were here pronouncing this for like twenty minutes last night. I know it <laughs> We even searched up how to say it on Google. Smoot Schmid. Yeah. So him Deputy Bob Alcorn and Deputy Ted Hilton lay in wait nearby. As Clyde drove up, he sensed the trap and drove past his family car. At which Schmidt he just has spidey senses. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Schmidt and his deputies stood up and opened fire with machine guns and a bar. <laughs> <laughs> now they're using another bar. There's a lot of bars in this. <laughs> the family members in the crossfire were not hit, but a bar bullet passed through the car, striking the legs of both Bonnie and Clyde. Oof. So I hope it wasn't the same leg that she got burned. Oh, I hope not either. That would be painful. That would have been Excruciating. Especially because this happened in such a short time span that I can probably guarantee you that was not healed. No, I don't think so. And like back then, they didn't really have like Western medicine. They were also on the run. So you think she went to the hospital? No. (laughs) (laughs) So this is lastly where we're gonna leave you off on a cliffhanger. On November 28th, a Dallas grand jury delivered a murder charge against Bonnie and Clyde for the killings of Tarrant County Deputy Malcolm Davis in January of that year, 10 months later. So now, they are wanted. (laughs) Yeah, like officially wanted. So we'll leave that off to where they really- I can't believe they haven't become wanted. I can't believe they haven't got caught yet. It takes a while for them to get caught. Like These people. It's just, like, they've been so close. I know. Every time, like, they just keep slipping the cops' fingers, and I don't know whether to be... It's not that they were good at scaping. I know. Like, how did they do that? I don't know. Like, it was a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) It it was. Like, you... Like, I'm glad they got caught, but they should have gotten caught sooner. And how didn't they? Like... Beats me. I can just imagine, like... How many banks get robbed successfully these days? No, not very many. How much? How many banks have gotten robbed successfully in, like, the early 2000s even? Not very many. No, but back then, before yeah. any, like... But this person's walking in, these people, sorry, are walking in every fucking store left and right and just shooting you up. Literally. <laughs> and they're just like, give me all your money. Where are the police? <laughs> right on their asses, obviously. But they're somewhere else. Yeah. No. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. going to definitely be a two-parter. We'll so. pick this up next week. Yeah, this will be so, next week. hope you guys have a good evening or day or, or night. or Enjoy, and yeah, hope you liked hearing about this. this. And I hope <laughs> you want to hear more. Yeah, I know a lot of people, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people already know about this. Um... So I hope it's not like already super known about all the details. I did not know anything. No, I thought I knew. Yeah. Like, I really didn't. I thought this is something they taught in schools, but I don't think it should be. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> like high schools for like grade eight classes. Maybe in like America, but I don't know if we've ever. I've never heard about it. No, me neither. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out here. I'm gonna I'm done. Okay, well, (laughs) I'll see you guys next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, (laughs) fuck, hi.